whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you're producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. It was a marketing mystique that hemp had that drew people in. And so so instead of getting frustrated and saying, what, you don't understand, I, I would use it as an opportunity to bring people in and, and really educate them. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out knocked out so your only choice should be go focus on what you can control 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 hi everyone and welcome to the Kara golden show join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders we'll talk with founders entrepreneurs ceos and really some of the most interesting people of our time can't wait to get started let's go let's go Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden, and I am here with my next guest that I'm so excited about, Mike Fata, who is the founder and previous chairman and CEO of Manitoba Harvest. Uh, We're going to talk about what Mike is doing. I actually just joined him on a clubhouse event that he is leading. We'll talk about that and how he's really leading and helping so many 
entrepreneurs and uh, aspiring entrepreneurs as well. Super fun. But Mike is the founder, as I mentioned, of an incredible brand, Manitoba Harvest, which is the global manufacturer of high-quality hemp food products. And he started the company after being sick and tired of being sick and tired due to an unhealthy diet. And he went on to grow the company to annual sales of well over a hundred million in sales before going on to sell the business, not once, but twice. We'll get into that as Mm -hmm. well. Great story. Uh, And today we'll talk about Mike's journey. And like I said, he's doing a lot of other things, uh, but he really created this demand for hemp products at a pretty young age. And, uh, And if I remember correctly, you're living in Canada, right? Yep. Yeah, thanks for having me, Karen. Yeah, I uh, I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, so we're really, really excited to have you here. So welcome. Thank you. So how did this all get started? Let's talk about Mike Jr., little Mike, and wh- how did what was Mike going to do with his life? Mm, yeah, that's, uh, well, um, I grew up uh, uh, with a single mom, uh, my brother and I, and uh didn't have a uh, didn't have a lot of money, and uh, my mom moved us. We we lived in a smaller town in Ontario, and we moved to Winnipeg, which uh, not a big city, but uh, bigger. And uh, um, and so um, you know, life was challenging when I was young, um, both from uh, you know just being poorer, and uh, um, and so I didn't know what I wanted to be when I when I grew up. But um, by the time I got to like. 12 or 13, um, I, I was, there was two things happening. I was frustrated with school, um, cause I was, um, not educated about health. And so I was a little chunky. I was the fat kid in school and, st- and you know, going into, uh, going into high school, um, the big, what I, you know, the big social club, uh, I didn't fit in. Um, and at the same time I thought, Hey, if I wasn't going to school and I could actually work and start making money, um, maybe I could get myself out of the situation of, uh, you know, being able to buy things that I wanted, like clothes and stuff. So didn't know what I wanted to be, but uh, definitely know I didn't want to be in school. And so that was the first maybe part of my journey was uh, asking my mom, telling my mom, hey, I don't want to be in school. And she uh, she supported me by saying, hey, you could drop out of school if if uh, if you start working. And uh, And I did that. And my true, I call it my adult journey, uh, started from there at about 13 or 14. And so you drop out of school and what were you doing at that point? Working construction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, picking, uh, picking shovel or, or hammer and nails. I, I, uh, I was a carpenter's apprentice, uh, at first and, uh, you know, learn the hard way about uh, making making good money because I, I think minimum wage at that time was like four dollars and fifty cents an hour, and I was working for ten dollars or twelve dollars an hour working construction. So the, the money was good, um, and and so I started to almost instantly have more money than I ever had up until that point. Uh, but I I, uh, I didn't see the bigger picture uh, from there. But it was uh, various construction jobs and carpentry, and then and then led into asphalt and concrete and kind of more heavy uh, heavy construction. So I read that you started Manitoba Harvest because you were tired of being sick and tired, and you mentioned a little bit about being, you know, that unhealthy kid. Uh, what what was it? Like, what was that moment when you finally, first of all, how did you, how did you finally kind of come to terms with the fact that you don't want to be this way anymore? 
And then how did you find hemp? So, you know, it, uh, it started with, um, with McDonald's days at my school in the last couple of years of being in school. And, uh, and I really fell prey to fast food, uh, the convenience of fast food, the cheapness of fast food. And so I ate way too much hamburgers and fries and, uh, and, uh, and drinking lots of pop. And I found myself weighing 300 pounds at 18 years old. And that just sucks. Uh, I feel for anyone that's overweight or, or, you know, that was, you know, majorly obese. And, I just felt crappy all the time. Every day I'd wake up and my whole body was sore and I didn't have any energy and I was depressed. And, and, uh, and so, you know, there was one day I was like, enough of this, I'm, I'm going to do something about it and, uh, change. And I didn't even really know what that meant, but I thought it meant working out. And my brother, uh, a couple of years older than me, um, uh, was already into uh, weightlifting and, and exercising. He was a little chubby, but didn't wasn't super overweight like I was. And said, "Hey, I'll help you out and, and take you to the gym." And uh, and so that really started my my healthy lifestyle journey. Is it- thinking about what's for dinner, but you haven't had a minute to even think about it before now. Well, let's not make that mistake again. I have a tip for you. Factor. Stress-free, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, just perfect for spring and summer yumminess. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes or less. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, keto, vegan, veggie, or calorie smart. Factor has you covered. Discover more than 60 add-ons every week, too like breakfast and on-the-go lunch choices, snacks and beverages now too. Stay fueled and feel good all day long with whatever they are creating over at Factor for you. And the best part, each meal is ready to eat in just two minutes or less. And who wouldn't want that? Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Get started today and fuel up for your spring and summer goals. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash golden50 and use code golden50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code golden50 at factormeals.com slash golden50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's code GOLDEN50 at factormeals.com slash GOLDEN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. 
I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Is uh, you know, it was like an episode of The Biggest Loser for anyone that's watched the show of like, you know, going to the gym and crying in the gym, try- trying to do the exercises, which I was just so weak that I couldn't do. Um, but I also at the same time realized that I needed to change what I was putting in my mouth. And, and I watched the other people at the gym that were you know, making shakes and, and, you know, even it was a little bit more bodybuilding at that time. So eating chicken and rice. And, and, and so I started adopting uh, some of those changes and, and gave up my pop and, and went to water and gave up chocolate bars and started eating bananas instead. And, and I um, instantly started feeling better uh, and lost weight and lost more weight. And, and then I kept on making uh, dietary uh, uh, changes and, um, and all was good, except that I was, uh, I was on a no fat diet, which was the kind of the bodybuilding uh, Dr. Nathan Pritikin's materials of eat no fat and you'll lose weight. And, and so, uh, I went from 300 pounds down to you know, a healthy weight for me is about 180 pounds, but I went past that because I cut all the fat out of my diet and, and I found myself weighing like 160 pounds, you know, just not enough fat, healthy fats in my diet. And, and so that's how I discovered hemp. I, uh, I read a book, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, which is Dr. Udo Erasmus. Uh, it talks about the different types of fat and, uh, and learn that you have to eat fat uh, or you'll die. And, uh, and I learned that the hard way because uh, I'm stubborn. And so I started eating uh, flaxseed and, and, uh, and read about hemp and met the other two co-founders of Manitoba Harvest that were hemp activists that were lobbying the government to legalize hemp. And, and, and I just, I saw things changing from the no fat diet to the right fat diet and, uh, and that hemp was going to be a big part of that. So I, I got super excited about it and, uh, and we started the little company and, and went from there. So it's one thing to like find hemp and read a book, but then you start a company out of it. What was, what was kind of, I mean, how did you know that you could do it? Well, I didn't know that I could do it. One of the things I say is, you know, since I dropped out of high school, I wasn't educated about how uh, business works. I never took any business classes because, you know, I was done at 13. And so I didn't know the odds of success of starting a business, especially in food and being successful. So I didn't have any of that. I was just pure passion that uh, we pressed our first batch of, of hemp seed oil and we had bottles of hemp seed oil. And I was so coming off of a 
no fat diet that a couple of years ago, I would go around telling people that they needed to eat no fat. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I, I, I read all the materials. I, I, I believe the science and, and I thought uh, that was the way. And so it, 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 it was a light bulb uh, a moment and a, and, a, the, the, and a switch for me. And so I, I literally told people, Hey, I know I used to say that you, you shouldn't eat fat, but you need fat. You need essential fatty acids and, and omega three and omega six essential fats weren't the mainstream household products that they are nowadays. And so a lot of people were still confused. There, there was as many people out there that like me thought, no, I thought fat was bad. We weren't supposed to eat fat. And, uh, and so it wasn't really about a big business idea that, uh, that, that I thought was going to be this massive company. Uh, I just, uh, I was passionate about fats. I was passionate about hemp and I wanted to share that with people. And, and, and it was, it was literally one consumer at a time. And, and, uh, for the first, uh, couple of years anyway. So for those of you who, or those of our listeners who are not familiar with the entire line, so sort of talk a little bit about the products that, that you have. Well, the, the flagship product for Mantle Harvest is Hemp Hearts. So uh, Hemp Hearts has the widest, uh, you know, widest use, widest distribution. So if, if someone, if people are familiar with hemp, uh, then it's probably hemp hearts, but, uh, which is the hemp heart is the soft inner kernel of the hemp seed or the heart of the hemp seed. Uh, the hemp seed has a hard outer shell. And so when you remove the shell, it's kind of like a, a hulled sunflower seed, uh, but a, a little bit even softer and creamier in, in, in texture. That is the far majority of Mantle harvest, uh, sales. And, and it's because it has a nice nutty flavor taste similar to a sunflower seed, uh, really easy to use it. Most people would sprinkle it, the hemp hearts on their salad, on cereal, uh, mix it in with yogurt. You could put it into smoothies and it's very rich in protein and essential fatty acids because you're basically getting the whole, whole seed without the, uh, without the shell on it. Um, but the company has innovated and, and, and made a number of other products, uh, a range of hemp protein powders, uh, using hemp hearts in uh, more ready-to-eat uh, products like bars and granola cereals. But, you know, if I, if I was to encourage anyone that hasn't uh, tried hemp foods yet, it would be uh, get a bag of hemp hearts, uh, sprinkle it on some of your favorite things, and I think you'll uh, you'll fall in love with it. So I can only imagine, I, I talk frequently about when I launched my product, Hint, the unsweetened flavored water, that I would go into buyers and they'd say, oh, this tastes great. Uh what's a sweetened with? And I'm like, are you listening? It's an unsweetened flavored water. And how many times did people ask you, or am I eating marijuana? I mean, <laughs> especially in the oh, early yeah. days, right? I mean, had the, the education that you had to get over with the buyers, especially as you got out of maybe natural food stores and those buyers, maybe they were a little more. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, no, it was, it was frustrating at first, uh, you know, because I was so passionate about it and then people would laugh it off. No, no, I don't, I don't do that thing, you know, because people just thought hemp and marijuana were both the same thing and they're both relatives in the cannabis family, but hemp by de- definition doesn't have any psychoactive drugs. So it's eaten as a food, the fiber is used for clothing and for construction materials and so on. Um, and so they're related, but it, it's, uh, there's no drug aspect to it, but people were, were, were confused. So I, I was frustrated at first, but I could tell you, it didn't take too long. Maybe the, maybe after the first couple of years that I, that I saw that it was a marketing mystique that hemp had that drew people in. And so it, as, so instead of getting frustrated and saying, what, you know, uh, you don't understand, I, I would use it as an opportunity to, to bring people in and, and, and really educate them. And that really worked for the, uh, for the business and, and including up to the time where we change it around, people would say, Hey, is that, is that marijuana? Can I get high on it? Knowing that people 
by that point knew they were just they were just trying to have play and have fun we'd say things like no but meet me out in the parking lot in the back and i'll, and I'll really set you up or something like that you know and just yeah. making friends with it and, and, and being friendly but at, in the in the early years um just from the misinformation campaigns about hemp in the in the past it was uh, it was really challenging and it was a lot of information uh, and knowledge sharing to, uh, to 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 break through that so and then it to actually ship the product right at least into the u.s wasn't that challenging yeah we had challenges there um yeah both at the um so we launched in the u.s in um in late in 2001 how many years have you been in it actually we've been in business for just a couple of years so we yeah. were a very small company we're, we're still like uh under a million dollars around a million dollars in sales and we uh, well, we knew we needed to go to the u.s market uh, because there was lots you know whole foods and lots of natural food mm-hmm. stores and and more people that were interested in hemp and so we saved up the money that we we had from a, a, a capital raise and we put it all to uh to to the u.s launch and uh and Unfortunately, um, right after we launched September 1st, uh, 2001, September 11th happened and we were launching on the East coast of the U S and so it just, it, it was, it was a really challenging time. It kind of took the wind out of the, out of the launch. Um, and, but then a couple of weeks after that, the DEA, uh, declared a, a war on hemp foods and, and went out in this national media campaign saying that hemp foods were illegal, um, that they were the same as marijuana, uh, and they couldn't be sold in the U S which was which was not the case. That's not the law, um, but just more misinformation. So our retailers were confused, and we had, you know, distributors like United Natural Foods and and uh, and some of our main uh, main uh, health food stores that that said, no, I can't sell this product. I'm going to get I'm going to get arrested. And and uh, and so that that took you know a couple of years in itself that we got together with the Hemp Industries Association, a, a group of hemp, small hemp food companies that were all trying to launch then and took the DEA to court and and ultimately defeated the DEA in court, which is uh, which is a nice part of our company uh, history and a nice part of the industry kind of journey. But there was there were so many times that our products got held up at the border or that we had uh, r- retailers or that re- would return the product. We even had some of our brokers uh, that were it got pulled over and they had hemp foods in the back of their car and, oh they, and they got questioned by police. Like that's, that, that's how, that's how challenging it, it, it was in those, in those times. So, uh, which, you know, now in 2021, you kind of look back and say, that's ridiculous. That, that was like 20 years ago, but you know, it, it seems like it could be like a hundred years ago with, uh, with, with how, um, ignorant some people were to, uh, to what actually hemp is, but those were the days. Crazy. So you started the company and I'll back up you at age 21. Um, so I mean, that is absolutely nuts. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you had gotten out of high school and then just kind of learned and, and, uh, what do you think was kind of the, did you feel like you had mentors along the way or what do you think was sort of your, uh, superpower there? How did you do it? Yeah. Uh, well, I think, uh, my ultimate superpower is I'm a sponge. I, uh, I soak up uh, a lot of what's around me and, and, uh, and I have the, um, nowadays I have the ability to change. I think going through so much of the life changes of the weight loss and, and, and becoming a, uh, you know, going, going from like a 300 pound person, obese, overweight to, to more athletic, uh, in shape. I, I, um, 
I can change. Uh, and, and so as I was in business and I would meet people that I'd be friends with and they would kind of teach me something about the natural products industry or, or about entre- entrepreneurialism or, or any aspect of our business, I was pretty quick to adopt um, whatever I learned and bring it back into uh, to the benefit of the, of the business. So I have had a tremendous amount of friends and mentors in the industry over the years that, uh, that help guide, guide me and guide the business. And, uh, you know, it was just all analog because we didn't have social media and, and clubhouse and these kind of ways of sharing. And so, uh, I would get sometimes, you know, uh, w- once a month or, or, or it'd be around trade shows, uh, that I'd, I'd get to meet up with some of my industry mentors and, uh, and pick their brain or, or have their support, uh, um, but yeah, I couldn't have done it without a, a, a lot of people uh, around me. I, I say it, it takes a, a village to raise a family, but it takes a nation to raise an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that it, it's also your ability to network and just, you know, I, I mean, there were probably some people who said, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not dealing with, you know, this guy's going to waste my time. He's uh dealing with some marijuana company and, right? Like you're, I mean, you're going to always have those doubters or people that don't want to spend the time, haters along the way, but you just have to just keep going, right? And keep asking and find those people that will help you think through the issues. And uh, the other thing that you said that was really, really interesting, I believe that oftentimes when we have challenges along the way, those are the times when we come together, right? And in this case, I mean, you, you talked about getting together with other people in the hemp industry. And while people may feel like, well, that's competition, I mean, that actually brought strength to the category, right? You you guys became a muscle that was able to go in and say, no, this is you know not the right way to think about it. Yeah. And I've, I've always thought about it as um, co-opetition instead of competition, because um, it, it was that. It was other... You know, all hemp food companies that were trying to launch at that time um, were all challenged, and and uh, and if we could get together, and, and there's some aspects that uh, that make make that challenging, but generally, um, you know, working together for the benefit of the industry um, is uh, is and and was beneficial. And I'd say the same thing nowadays to, to some of the entrepreneurs that I that I mentor is is you know from a category management standpoint, you know, they're your competitors, but if you could convince someone. You know that there's two or three or four brands of uh, unsweetened flavored water that need to be on the shelf instead of just your own brand. That's to the benefit of all, and so there are ways to work together uh, instead of fighting it out uh, and, and do that cooperatively. I love it. That's I, I totally agree. So you sell the company first time. Talk to me about that. How did that come about? Yeah, we uh, well, we had um, we had venture capital uh, partners that invested in the company in 2010, uh, and they were very clear that they had a, about a seven year life in the business because they had to wind up their their fund. And so, in 2015, um, we felt like it was time. The business was uh, growing just super rapidly. We we needed more capital to continue the growth, and we felt that it was time to uh, to bring the product, uh, bring the business to market, and and give our our venture capital uh, sponsors uh, some liquidity. And so we um, we ran a full auction process. Uh, it took about a year. Um, I talked to uh, over a hundred companies uh, that were interested in in the business, and we kept paring that down in the funnel until uh, 
until we had one uh, business that uh, that really uh, I felt believed in and did believe in Manitoba Harvest Mission, and it was private equity uh, and uh, uh, Compass Diversified Holdings. So um, in July of 2015, uh, we sold uh, the majority control of the business for um, $132 million, which is one of the largest natural product industry deals. Uh, you know, the, the deals over $100 million is only several handfuls of them over the time. And so I, I went from seeing all these people that I really looked up to in the industry that uh, that had uh, successfully grown and exited their business or transacted to to being one of those. Uh, but at the same time, because we we only sold majority, I was still running the business and we now had a, a billion dollar private equity sponsor that could help us continue the rapid growth. So I kind of felt like we we double one, uh, you know, we got the best of both worlds of, uh, of, of some liquidity for, for some of our shareholders and, and, and even myself at that time, but the, uh, the, the path to continue on and, and, uh, and have a, uh, have a partner that, uh, that had a, a very strong balance sheet. How big were you guys roughly at that point? We did, we did about $50 million in, in uh, annual revenue, uh, that year. That's incredible. And then, so you're continuing to, at that point, you're continuing to run the company. And so how did the second time you sold the company? Yeah. Yeah. Well, literally right after the ink dried of, of selling the majority uh, of the business to, to, to Compass in July of 2015, uh, we initiated a, a process to, to purchase uh, our largest competitor. Uh, and so one of my good industry friends, uh, and now a good friend, Sean uh, Crew. um, owned Hemp Oil Canada, which was our largest competitor um, that was just down the street from us in Manitoba. And uh, I had, uh, Sean and I have talked and knew each other for literally the 20 years that we were in biz- his business. And we talk about that co-opetition, you know, we were pretty friendly to each other, even though we were both uh, competing with each other in business. And, uh, and we always spoke about, you know, that Manitoba Harvest would 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 sell uh, one day and then and then maybe uh, would turn around with, uh, with a larger company and buy, uh, buy Hemp Oil Canada. So, it wasn't more than a couple of weeks after the transaction happened that uh, that we said, "Hey, we can we could do this now." And uh, and so we started a a process. And in December of 2015, we bought Hempo Canada for a 42 million dollar uh, transaction. So, which then we we were already the largest hemp food company in the world, uh, but we became a much much larger uh, combined uh, uh, hemp food company. And so. 2015 was a was a very busy year, a very exciting year. I've learned more in business that year than than I probably had the like 15 years before that. Uh, then our our focus was to integrate those two businesses. So for 2016, and and uh, we really worked to uh, to put the businesses together, uh, we, operating two facilities and and aligning our team and and our farmer base and uh, and just kept continuing to grow. And then and then I actually uh, I, I left the uh, management of the company. I, we hired a CEO and I uh, I operated as uh, vice chairman of the board and, and director uh, and was really involved more on the strategic level of. The, of the business and which was very good it gave me a different view instead of like working you know 70 80 hour weeks that I didn't always have a great lay of the land of strategy and so a couple of things started to come about at the end of 2018 which led to our second uh, business sale Canada legalized recreational marijuana federally and so uh, across Canada recreational marijuana was legal which which really overnight or or within a year Created some very large businesses that uh, the, the the large cannabis companies that were before selling medicinal marijuana now they could sell recreational marijuana. But I thought, hey, they would pro- likely have interest in selling hemp or being part of their their company because it's unregulated and and you know so we could international distribution is easier. 
At the same time, after 20 years of lobbying, uh, the U.S. government finally uh, legalized hemp. And then the day, literally the day after Trump signed the Farm Bill to legalize hemp, uh, the FDA, which had given us a lot of challenges over the years, approved our grass status, generally regarded as safe for, for hemp hearts and oil and protein. So those three indicators, I thought, now's the time to really extract uh, value and create a create a liquidity event for all of our shareholders and and so i reached out to uh to brendan kennedy which was one of the uh which is the founder and ceo of tilray um and a couple others and said hey are you interested in in chatting with mantle harvest and see if there was any strategic uh, uh things to do together um and that literally started the conversation but within like six weeks uh we had a deal um to sell the business to tilray for Four hundred and nineteen million dollars, and so I would say it was it was all on timing. Uh, the business was really well set up, and at that point was about a hundred million dollars in, in in sales. But just the timing of how right hemp was starting to be allowed that to happen really quickly and and with a uh, with incredible value. How did you? I mean, you started this, right? And then, I mean, do you ever look back and just think about yourself? And I mean, it's incredible. It, it truly is incredible what you what you built and did you I mean that's crazy you must have just been sitting there just thinking wow like how how did this all happen I've I've probably been uh, guilty of not not celebrating my own accomplishments as much Gary I could tell you that I, I and it was because I was I wanted to race to the next one and so as I've gotten a little older and you know have gone through some of those uh, some of those parts of the journey as an entrepreneur. I realize it, it it is good to be more reflective, and so I, I spend a decent amount of time, focused time, with myself to to reflect back of who I was and who I've become. But but when I was in the thick of it, I, I didn't really think like that. I was like, oh, we we accomplished some great things, and now we want to we, we want to accomplish more to to f- f- fulfill the mission. And so, but yeah, for you know that now I'm proud to share the story of like more from a, anything's possible, you know, for, you know, a 13 year old high school dropout that was, uh, found myself out of shape and weighing 300 pounds to be able to, uh, lose the weight, educate myself about business, start a business that I was passionate about, grow that business to a hundred million dollars and, and then transact, uh, for, uh, you know, over 500 million combined between the two deals. And I'm nothing special, you know. If if I can do that, literally anybody can do whatever they're putting their mind to. So I, I, I uh, nowadays just trying to be a good example of, uh, of of if you have an if you have an idea or you have an interest, uh, pursue it uh, because if it's your passion, I, I think that anything's possible. Well, and obviously you had a purpose for doing it, right? And that became, you know, satisfying your curiosity and all these things that I think are as I share with people, it doesn't matter what industry. I mean, it really boils down to figuring out what that is, what what that is that you're really passionate about, but also really curious about, and you're willing to just go out and get it and not allow, you know, the doubters or the, you know, the walls to kind of get too high. You just go and keep working on, on the business. And, and, but that's incredible. I mean, you should, if you haven't already, you should stop and really think about what you've done because it is absolutely incredible. So, so are you involved in the company anymore? No, I haven't been. So uh, for the last two years, uh, but you know, we closed the deal in, in, uh, in February of 2019 and I, and I haven't, and then there was no board and there's no private shareholders. And so I uh, haven't been involved uh, at all, which uh, 
is the next stage, which a, a lot of entrepreneurs don't talk about. But uh, you know, I've had to. I went through a fair amount of uh, of grieving um, because you know that's uh, that's my twenty three year old child that doesn't come home to visit anymore. Uh, and so you know, the the, the months after uh, we sold the business, uh, there's a certain amount of. De- I was happy, but there's a certain amount of like depression or sadness there because. I wanted to go to the office. I wanted to talk to the team. I wanted to work on the next project, and and uh, and that that door wasn't uh, wasn't open for me uh, any longer. And so yeah, it took me a while to kind of reinvent myself and uh, and get into the area that I'm in now that is a lot more meaningful, a lot more impactful, but just not the same as uh, as as it was in the. Uh, in the kind of founding journey and management journey of Manitoba Harvest. Well, I think also being an operator, I think that that a lot of people who sort of go on to that next phase and maybe investing or that they find they miss that operational stuff. But, you know, I think you're you're dabbling in some different things and definitely willing to help uh, founders too. So talk to me a little bit about your uh, your fund and kind of what you're doing. Yeah, uh, well, I've always like to help and give back. Um, I just only had a certain amount of time, but, uh, um, I, I, after retiring and coming out of retirement, I I was like, well, what do I want to be now when I grow up? And, and, and really at the end of the day, I want to help others. It it makes me feel really good when I'm helping other people. And so I realized for, for these other mission led founders in the natural products industry, I can be a a large help to them, whether it's helpful with money and investment or, or it's time and mentorship or, or being involved with their business from, from a a governance or a board standpoint. And, and so I've, I've been having a lot of fun with that, with, with no real agenda, Uh, just meeting people that are doing great things, creating products that I like to foods that I like to uh, have in my house and, and, and enjoy and think that, uh, that the world's going to want more of them. So over the last, Three years, I've been involved in a in a handful of companies that uh, that I've invested in and operated in, uh, at their board level, and actually helped to uh, to steward the company, and have made uh, you know several handfuls of investments in in other businesses where I'm where I'm just contributing uh, uh, as an investor and, and and maybe as a as a mentor. Um, and probably the far majority of my time nowadays is really just giving back uh, in pure mentorship, chatting with uh, either entrepreneurs one-on-one or in uh, in incubator accelerator group sessions, or you know, been using the the tool of Clubhouse to be able to uh, to help uh, uh, more people at once. And uh, and so a, a big part of my day is uh, is actually spent uh, just in pure mentorship and giving back. I love it. Well, this has been super educational, really, really terrific. Mike, thank you so much. And I know that everybody really appreciates you coming on and really excited to see what comes next for you. If you liked this episode, everyone, please give it five stars on uh, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite streaming platform. And also please subscribe to the podcast. The podcast, again, is called The Kara Golden Show, and we release uh, episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So be sure to follow me on all social channels at Kara Golden, that's with an I, uh, so that you can hear a lot more. And finally, if you haven't uh, had a chance to pick up a copy of my book. It would be awesome for you to do that. It's called Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, and it's on Amazon or your favorite bookstore has it as well. So be sure to pick up that. And of course, a case of Hint um, too. And uh, also, Mike, where's the best place for people to reach you? 
I'm active on LinkedIn, so people can reach out on uh, on LinkedIn or or, uh, or Clubhouse nowadays would be the uh, the two. Well, thank you again, Mike, and thanks everyone for listening. And have a terrific rest of the week. Bye bye. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.